My first thought on reading today's gospel, I feel sorry for the foolish virgins. Why are they foolish? It says because they brought no oil with them. And I was thinking, how many times have I gone somewhere only to realize it? Darn it, I forgot to bring whatever. By the way, we got uh, baptisms today. I'm glad you remembered to bring the babies. All right, good, good thing. And then these virgins, when they do realize that they didn't need some oil, and they ask the wise ones to share some of theirs, those others say no. Now that doesn't seem very nice not to share, does it? So then the foolish virgins have to go and buy some of their own, and by the time they get back, the feast has already begun, and then they try to get in, but the door is locked. And then when they knock and say, Lord, Lord, open the door for us, but he says in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. I mean, that is just cold. I think some context here would be very helpful. Here's what we know about wedding customs in first century Palestine. After sunset, the groom would go to the home of the bride and lead her in a celebratory procession to a great banquet being prepared at the couple's new home. It was common in ancient Palestinian villages for folks to go out of their homes and bid good wishes as the wedding party passed by. The procession itself was filled with singing and dancing and was guided by maiden torchbearers. When the couple reached their home, followed by a long train of family members, friends, and guests, the feast we began. And I think when we have that context, we can understand maybe a little bit more about why the wise virgins did not want to share their oils with the foolish ones because they were concerned that if they you know, split the oil they had, what if the oil supply ran out then for all of them? And then that be kind of a tough procession to have if everybody's torches are in the dark, huh? The other thing that people have commented on for centuries is, what does the oil stand for in this parable? Is it, I think it's more than oil for lamps here, isn't it? And scholars invite us to look at the Gospel of Matthew as a whole for clues. And what we, when we do, what we'll see is uh, from earlier in the gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, your light must shine before all so that they may see goodness in your acts. There's something about that, that light for the oil and, and showing light. You, you, you let it shine from, from doing good things. Now, the foolish virgins call out, Lord, Lord. Who else has called out, Lord, Lord, in the gospel of Matthew? Well, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, None of those who cry out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. So I think we could say that that oil might represent doing God's will. One more thing. 
Two weeks from now, we're going to be hearing from Matthew 25, and it's the, Jesus tells this parable of the final judgment. When all the people are separated between the sheep and the goats, what is the criteria? Whatever you did for the least of my brother or sister, you did for me. When we care for the hungry and the thirsty and the sick and the stranger and those in prison, um, that's when in the clothing the naked, that's, what's, that's the oil, okay? So if we think of oil in this way, it kind of changes my view towards those foolish virgins. Um, you know, you might forget to bring something when you go on a trip, but if the response of why didn't you do any good deeds in your life is, I forgot, well, it's not going to fly, is it? Or if I say, well, how come you didn't do God's will for you? I forgot. Hmm. You can also see why the wise virgins weren't able to share their oil with the foolish ones. Um, you can't delegate doing good deeds, all right? So if you've got a family where, well, my wife or my husband, they take care of doing the caring things. <laughs> I don't do that. I think there's something for all of us to be involving with doing good deeds, caring for others, following God's will. Now, the last piece of it was about as they go and they knock on the door that's locked and the words, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. And we've come to understand that this parable, the bridegroom is Jesus. And that's a pretty strong statement from Jesus to say, the door is locked, I do not know you. Wow, why would Jesus tell a parable like this? Well, I think he tells us a parable like this. It's to get us loosened out of our complacency, to get us to do something now. You know, we're kind of already seeing signs of the Christmas season, aren't we, around when you don't have to look too, not, not in church, we're, we're holding off for a while, but out, outside. But one of the nice things about the Christmas season is, is that uh, a Christmas carol. You remember that one? And I always love that story about Scrooge and how Scrooge, and he's, he's lived a life that's not, well, it's pretty miserly and not caring about others. And he gets visited by the three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And you remember after getting visited by the ghost of Christmas future, and he sees what's happened because of the way he's lived his life, and it's all very bleak and despairing. And then all of a sudden, he gets the insight. It's not too late. I still have time to act. We still have a chance. All is not lost. I think that's why we're given this parable today. We still have a chance. We still have opportunities to follow God's will, to, to do good, especially to the poor and the vulnerable. All is not yet lost. One more thing about this parable. It says, since the bridegroom was long delayed. They had to wait didn't they, these virgins? And I think that's another observation. You know, a lot of us can do good in the short term. You know, a short term, we can get excited, and oh yeah, I'll help you out, whatever, sure. 
It's in the long term that the real test comes. Do we persist in doing good towards others? Do we do, persevere in trying to discern God's will, not just one day or one month, but year after year? That's what this parable communicates. This, we're in it for the long haul. Uh, that's what's crucial for whenever the bridegroom comes.